everyone, welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's The Mix, presented by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube, presented by Jock Market. Download the Daily Fantasy app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 books for free. If it's free, it's for us. All right. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Welcome back to the show. Hope you cashed some of those tickets. I had a lovely weekend myself. Almost had a complete monster, but we're going to take that green as much as we can. All right, it's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, Big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York. As always, we are coming out the chair as always. And if you're enjoying what we're doing here, picking up what we're putting down, please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod and if i earn it you press the cartoon finger that's that like button on youtube which matters just like just an enormous amount more than it should but i guess it actually makes a lot of sense we live in a stupid world so why shouldn't cartoon fingers matter a lot all right enough of that we need more of this it's the fastest show in nfl absolutely anywhere you can take that bad boy to the bank it's weak Eight Monday Night Football. We got Bengals. We got Browns. We got Striped Cats, and we got something. I don't know what a brown is besides a color. Come on, before we get off the rails, before we even start, let's do the blue chip section. Brought to you by Jock Market. These are the highest projected players on the slate at every position. Per Run the Sims, love that program. I've mentioned it before. If you're into taking this game to the next step, I believe that's the best way to do it. Run the Sims will allow you to just kind of fine-tune projections. I generally don't like to mess with usage. They're very, very good at that. What I think you can do is move the team totals if you believe they're off. Sometimes a half a point here, a half point there could separate you from the field. Let's get right up into it. For the Cincinnati Bengals at the top, no surprise, it's Joe Burrow at 20 points, followed by Mixon and Higgins at 19.3. you got to keep that in mind. That's a lot of scoring to get everyone up there. We'll get into it in a second. Followed by Tyler Boyd at 12.2. Remember, he'll be filling in for the injured Jamar Chase. Then wrapped up with Hayden Hurst. So for these Bengals, we know they've switched to this all-shotgun hurry-up offense because they struggled between the tackles. And it's really opened up the game for them. Joe Burrow, in particular, appears at least to be very high IQ when he keeps his eye on the defense. Remember, when you go on the center or you're trying to use play action to create separation, you're turning your back on the defense, and that can stunt processing. So to use the shotgun really helps the quarterback get the pre-read, and then when you know you have an effective wide receiver room like they do, that's part of the reason why the Bengals' offense is just kind of... They've really taken off. Other side, off for the Browns, it's Nick Papa Chubb at 17.2, followed by Jacoby Brissett, 15.8, Amari Cooper, 15.3. Remember, those are pretty much exactly the same. To Kareem Hunt at 10, and Donovan Peoples-Jones at 9. Bit of a mixed bag here for the Browns. We know they're up and down because, again, I think they get undersold as far as offense goes because they're seen as this purely run game because Brissett doesn't probably get the credit he deserves. Now, there is some truth there. But the problem is really the defense. Let's do the handicapping thing. Let's handicap this thing from a year-to-date perspective. Then I'm going to zoom in a little bit. I've always found that defensive stats, let's say, are more predictive. They're more telling, at least, or a better descriptor. When you get down to the last four weeks, 
injury scheme trajectory, these things matter. Again, if you're looking at the Bengals stats over the season, then you get one picture. And if you look at them in the last four, you get another. Let's do the overall here. Bengals offense, we know they're very good. 25 points a game, 67 plays for 366 yards per game. Those are all near the top of the board with the positive EPA per snap also in the top eight. They sustain drives. Very important, 38 yards per drive, more than three minutes time of possession per drive, leading to a 76% drive success rate. So the Bengals are not only good, they're efficient, they eat up clock. The problem has been the run game, minus 8% rush DVOA on the year, only 88 rush yards per game, three and a half running back yards per attempt. That is really, really bad. That has changed just a touch since they made that move. Again, if we zoom in, running backs a lot of times I do last three, wide receivers and defense I like last Four, I cover this stuff at The Athletic. Why? But with the last three, you've seen the run game a little bit better. Joe Mixon, this is the last three, 72% of team rushes. The positive EPA per rush, 39 for 181 and 1. The yards before contact up over 2. The yards after contact at 2 and a quarter. That last one is not great, but a 72% running back success rate is pretty good. That's not what we've seen if you were looking at those season-long stats. So it's, again, why nuance and context really, really matters And I think that's probably the number one way that novice betters get in trouble, right? So the Bengals, look at the Bengals' running game. It's not any good. 88 yards per game. We could back that. That was like segment A. Then there's segment B. So that was a look at the Bengal run game. We know the offense, the pass game is extremely strong. They allow too many sacks, but 27 attempts for 279 per game, 7.2 per attempt, more than 10 per completion. That's the Bengals. That part of the game is really, really good. We want to look at the Browns defense. Okay, Browns defense, we thought would be very, very good. They've allowed 26 and a half points per game. That's bottom five on only 60 plays. So they give up a lot of big plays, 5.85 yards per play and a negative .09 EPA per snap. Those are all pretty bad. They Keeping drives short, but again, the drive success rate is over 73. So 2 minute and 40 seconds time of possession per drive looks pretty good, but the drive success rate allowed is not any good. So Bengals getting it done 76% of the time, Browns allowing it 73% of the time. I think they're going to struggle, and I think the problem will be the run game. Again, Cleveland Brown run game has been despicable. 6% rush DVOA on the year, 4.8 adjusted line yards, 29 attempts for 136 on the ground. That's four and three quarter running back yards per attempt, almost two rushing TDs per game. The pass D has been good to an extent, you know, 18 completions for 210 yards a game is very, very good. But again, wildly inefficient. The thing popping off the page here, 11.8 passing yards per completion. So when you beat the Browns, either on the ground or through the air, they're big plays. So we want to keep an eye on the worst side of the ball, which is probably the Browns' run game. The D is pretty good, but you could see how those two things work in accordance. Again, nuance and context at the center. I don't have to explain to you why Joe Burrow is projected high. Good players do good things, right? That's one of our sayings here. The things that matter are the things that we're trying to get into, right? All these splits and all of these matchups and more how to apply these things because I think that's more important. Drawing up the narrative again and being consistent, something that we talk about here on the show all the time. So I believe the weakest aspect is the Browns D again we see efficiency in some sorts but inefficient as far as the long plays go and I think that's going to work in the Bengals favor the where I was getting at is this the run game brings the defense in the Bengals have really struggled against the run they need the extra man in the box 
that allows someone to get behind them, right? That's been the prevailing overarching theme on defense this year has been trying to keep your defensive player the furthest back. So that you're hearing this two high shell, three high shell, that's pretty much what they're getting at. NFL defenses are generally not simple to describe. They move, they're deceptive, you get a first look and then what you actually execute. But something like a high shell is something that you can generalize. So when... The Browns have to get away from that. They've been able to get beaten deep. We know Higgins has that ability. He's been getting a ton of looks. So the Browns, have again, have been pretty tough, pretty, pretty tough on opposing wideouts, only allowing 32 fantasy points to the wide receiver room per game, which is pretty, pretty good. Other side of that, Browns offense, we mentioned, it looks pretty good on paper when you're zooming out. 24 points, 67 plays, 380 yards a game, .07 EPA per snap, positive. Those are all really good. Your three minutes time of possession per drive, 74% drive success rate. Again, really good on the back of the run game, maybe the best in the league. 13% rush DVOA. Almost five adjusted line yards, 32 attempts for a buck, 64, 5.2 running back yards per attempt. They're excellent. Bengals' run defense has been pretty good, though. This is where the battle is going to be fought, especially in the beginning of the game, right? Again, we're trying to draw up these narratives so we can be consistent in our play. There's way too much analysis. Would I be surprised if this happened? No. Would I be surprised if that happened? No. Well, well, you kind of have to take a stand if you're going to bet on this thing. So I'd rather be wrong in my analysis and be consistent in my process than give some anodyne, wishy-washy stuff that really doesn't help anybody, right? So I believe... The Browns up. The Browns are going to run. The Browns are going to try and run the ball. You heard it here first from the big dude. Yes. But it's going to be early and often. The Browns are going to try to establish that win in the trenches. Bengals D. Minus 11% rush duvet is very good. 4.6 adjusted line yards is not. 4.6 running back yards per attempt is not. But they haven't allowed rush TDs. They've been very good in the red zone. Opponents at 119 rush yards per game. If you look, we zoom in a bit more, right? I was talking about that four week because those were season-long stats. We've seen the Brown rush defense has just fallen apart. Minus 9.1 rush EPA per snap. 35 rushes for a buck, 75. So the Browns rush these tough. Bengals rush the also been pretty rough last four. So again, I think that's where it's going to be. Bengals rush the last four. 28 attempts for 144 per game. More than five yards per rush. We know the Browns are looking at that. Will they try and then pivot to suck in the defense and go over the top? I think that's the Browns out as far as trying to score fast. That's not really their style. So how do we wrap up this blue chip section with what we just did? I think Burrow is a candidate for the top player in the game no matter what, though the Browns' pasty may disallow it. He's going to be extremely expensive and very popular. He could be an easy pivot. I really like Joe Mixon. I think we want to attack the weakest uh, section of the game, which is the Browns' run defense. So give me Mixon. People are down on him. His projection is up with the ownership low, so I like that. Higgins, we know he's going to be blanketed. I think people are looking for a 1v1 with Chase. I don't know if he's quite that player, though I do think he's a wide receiver one. I'd be looking more at Boyd, but it's going to come down to IPOs and percentages. Ownership percentages, I should say, because the... Um, jock market site was not up here. I'm sorry, that's what I wanted to get at. The IPOs are not up. I generally provide those things and work them to the analysis. They're not up. You can follow me on Twitter, hit us up, and I will we'll add to this. But we got to get the show out, obviously. The clock is 
ticking. So I think the Bengals will have some success through the air, but I'm not looking to overpay for premiums. I'm not looking to get away from the Bengals pass game. I will take the value if Boyd is IPO is low enough. Brown side, of course. Chubb has a chance to pop the top. I worry about the pass game without Njoku. I, I don't think this is the type of game where, oh, well, you know, Njoku's out, so it all goes to Cooper. I don't think they were prolific enough to split that kind of attention. I think the Browns' pass game is in a lot of trouble today. But the one thing they will be looking at, we'll cover in the penny stock section in just a second. So the Browns, I think you got to get away from the guy I like the most is probably Hunt because the stank is on him when you, you're running themes for this show, for showdown slates at IPO is. It's all about the cheap players. You don't want to pay up and chase, especially if it's not a smash spot. I drew up plenty of narrative where if Burrow is going off at like 16 bucks. He's got to finish second or third. If he doesn't, light up the board. You're going to end up losing. And that's really what we want to avoid, paying up and losing. I'd much rather lower my risk and take my shot at tripling up at the bottom of the board. So, boom, that will do it. That's your blue chips brought to you by Jock Market, Bengals, and Browns for this Week 8 Monday Night Football. All right, we got the ball past midfield. Let's get it up into the red zone. But let me just take a quick breath first, man. Woo! All right, let's do this second pillar of profit. It's a penny stock section brought to you by Jock Market. Now, again, we covered a lot of the analysis, so we could just work off that. The spot that I wanted to mention, something that I'm always preaching when it comes to Jock Market, right besides paying down and looking for a profit, right? I mean, that's that's a little too intuitive. The best way to find it, I feel, again, application, nuance, and context at the center of the work that we do here at Mayo Media Net, is... Tight ends, or I should say R, because it's plural. Tight ends and slot receivers, right? Players that are, I call it the stank. They may not have the stank, but yeah, a little bit of stank. Yeah, there's a tight end. They're not very good, right? They're not the best players. But because in jock market, each play stands on its own, you don't have to tie it into a parlay to win like you do in conventional DFS, you'd be a little bit pickier. You know, and then leverage each one accordingly. Meaning, if you only like a bottom share a little bit, you could just go for a little bit. And if you, let's say, like Burrow, you want some exposure, you get one share, but you really like somebody at the bottom, you can get a bunch of shares and have exposure to, or both quarterbacks, let's say. I'm not necessarily doing that in this game, but you could get exposure to both quarterbacks and that you can't do, again, in all types of standard, I know you can in showdown, but not necessarily in standard, the idea being the freedom that Jock Marker allows you. All right, let's dive up into it. Burrow, projected for 20 points, 11.4 salary. His cost per point at 561. Let's learn a lesson. Keep that number in mind, 561. Jacoby Brissett, projected for 16 points at 9.2 salary. His cost per point is 582. If you were literally just change the decimal points, they'd end up with the same cost per point. What's that mean? Just because something is cheap doesn't make it a value. Burrow is the better value objectively if you're subscribing to this stuff again i can't promise the output but if you're subscribing to the projections this is an objective wholly data-backed assertion so remember value not necessarily cheap let's get into the running backs three running backs it's mixon kareem hunt and chubb mixon coming in at the lowest cost of point i mentioned how i like him the most 19 point projection for 9.4 i'd also maybe push back on that because i believe mixon is I mean, he's just dominant. It's been dominating. I have that stuff up here. Last three weeks, Joe Mixon, 72% of the snap share, 72% of the team rushes, and more than double the routes run of Sema, uh, Samaj P. Ryan. So it is all Mixon 
all the time. So if you're all the goal line work, all the pass down work, all of the running work, we love that with the lowest cost per point so far. So it's going to be Joe Mixon for sure. Ownership at 65%, something you have to consider more. For showdown, though, the way these things work, I, I don't know if I really, I don't want to say I don't care about projections. I absolutely do. But I don't want to have one player throw it off. I think if you hit on a much lower owned player, it won't matter if you have Mixon or not. So if you believe in Mixon, you believe in the total and the favorites, and I think you get with Mixon no matter what. On to Hunt and Chubb. You gotta like Chubb, of course. My beef with Chubb is he can get scripted out. We have seen this happen. He is excellent, but he's not always a part of the pass game. So that's when we see him go from 19-118-1 against Atlanta, 17-134-2 against the Chargers down to 12 for 56, followed by 16 for 91. Now the 16 for 91 is good in Baltimore. That game was also three points. The games that they're down that get spread out, he, I don't want to say disappeared. Trump is awesome in the focus of the game. But I believe the Bengals also know that. So I believe they're going to be doing what we said. They're going to be looking to suck in the Browns offense and then go over the top. We know the Bengals have the weapons to do just that. I prefer Hunt over Chubb because I think, the again, my narrative, the Bengals get ahead. Maybe you have to go more with the pass game, and then maybe it's just a matter of buying low. Hunt has really not done much of anything where we're used to seeing him get 15, 16 carries the first maybe three, four, five weeks. Then that kind of dropped off. We see four and six carries. I just think that's going to naturally bounce back. So I love Kareem Hunt. I think the projection is too low. So at the low salary, it gives me a better course of point that we see on the board. Nick Chubb, I'm not saying you can't get with Chubb. you got to like Chubb anytime he gets on the field. Maybe the best pure runner in the league. But you better have a different narrative. So if you're into Nick Chubb, you're probably not on Joe Burrow, right? Because they're going to struggle, look to eat up clock. And I think you want to be focusing more on that. We've seen those run games for the Browns where if it's a Chubb game, like it's a Chubb game. And that's pretty much it. So again, just stay consistent. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that once I draw it up, I like to stick to it. Wide receivers we go. It's Mike Thomas, T. Higgins, Amari Cooper, Tyler Boyd, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Mike Thomas making the board just because. We'll get to that in just a second. T. Higgins, I don't think you can go wrong. He's in line to get absolutely peppered seam for Tyler Boyd, right? He's going to step into a usage role. He's already getting crazy usage, but this is the thing I wanted to get at, so excuse me if I went a little fast, because I think this I think this is the key to the profit tonight. I think this is the major question to be answered, okay? Who is going to get the use and where? That's the main question, I think, that people are leaving in the blind spot. Tyler Boyd is going to play. Where is Tyler Boyd going to play? We don't know. And the reason that matters, that's the real question that I want answered. So again, sticking consistent to my narrative. I like Joe Mixon. I want to attack the Cleveland run game. But I also know that they're vulnerable deep in big chunks. How am I going to get that? What I'm thinking is the the third wideout or that fill-in. Okay, so... Let me break it down. I have to actually bring some of this stuff up, so excuse like the squinting and stuff. Because, but again, when you're splitting stats and all this good stuff, that's just what it is. So I'm looking at the last three weeks here. Okay. Let's see what we had and then see what I think we're going to get. Okay. Striped Cats. Okay. Come on, Striped Cats. Struggling here on live TV. The show must go on. Okay. Here we go. Last three weeks. Routes run. Jamar Chase, 124. Tyler Boyd, 118. T. Higgins, 89. After that, Mike Thomas, 32. Stanley Morgan, 3. These guys are not being targeted at, like, at, at all. 
anyone else. So who is going to fill in to that role? And we're just, just not, we're just not sure. You know, oh man, so good. Round, run, hold on, excuse me, this will be worth it hopefully because I have targets up, but that's the thing, these players are not getting targeted. So now what if we just switch to routes? Then there's Trent Taylor. He has eight routes run. I mean, is that going to do it? I don't know because it's going to come down to the slot. Trent Taylor, 82% of the snaps he's played in the slot. Mike Thomas, 86% of his snaps out wide. Why does it matter? Because where is Boyd going to go? So this is, again, I don't know the answer, but both of these players might be worth a stab because they're both going to be extremely cheap. And I think this is how you come to conclusions in jock market. Again, when you're like myself trying to feed on the bottom, when you don't love the top, looking for the opportunity and remember you can split that risk because if one of the two guys go off you're probably going to get paid so here's what i'm getting at if tyler boyd you think he's going to take that two slot right everyone moves up higgins to the one boyd to the two and then player x into the slot then that would put boyd out wide and give you trent taylor he's the you know, leading in slot routes, leading in slot snaps, outside of that. If you think Boyd, who was the primary slot receiver, maintains his role in the slot, then you're probably going for Mike Thomas. And you're like, who? Well, I don't know. You know, he has a 33-yard catch (laughs) on his five routes run. So maybe, is that the answer we're looking for? Because he's the deep threat and we know Cleveland can get beat long. I don't know. But I do know these players should be ridiculously cheap, so that's where I'm going with my narrative again. Am I right? I don't know. I've done pretty well in jock market, but not always. Standalone slates, again, can be very difficult. But the promo cash is enough to do some damage. So, And I think if you're a new player and you download the app using the promo code MMN after you rate, review, and subscribe, I'd be focusing just on the cheap players, meaning I would not take promo cash and chase Joe Burrow. Because you could save that money and on a main slate get your hands on better players for cheaper. In the showdown, the pathway to the big profit is hitting on the bottom. And again, I think I just drew up where Mike Thomas has a big game. right? Where, and, and you wouldn't... I don't know if anyone else is talking that smack. Maybe I'm a little too deep in the weeds. But again, if the Bengals come out with Boyd in the slot, it's Mike Thomas outside. He's not going to be getting any attention whatsoever. And that could open the door for those long plays we mentioned. So, again, I know it sounds crazy, but that's a guy where I'm going. So, give me Mixon. Give me Mike Thomas. And then also Trent Taylor. The last guy here was Harrison Bryant. The reason why this one matters, we can do this one really quick. Again, the stats everywhere just splitting all types of stuff, man. We're just not the crazy person. Okay, I got what jumped off on the page for me here was the Bengals defense is really struggling against the slot right so let me just make sure i got this okay Bengals defense against the slot last month they've struggled the entire year again stuff you're not really getting anywhere else nuance of context just like falling out of my nose right now so this is Bengals defense last month minus 19 defensive epa versus the slot that's bottom five they've allowed 29 receptions for 305 yards and four scores 83 fantasy points allowed to the slot in the past four games. Bryant has 
played in that role. And I actually thought that I... I, I didn't know that he was in the slot because I know Njoku's in the slot. That's, again, something that people kind of mix up. Oh, they target the tight end. He's in the slot. It's not a target. It's not a tight end. If a tight end is in the slot, it's not a tight end target. It's a slot target, okay? The, the location and the role matters more than the position. So when I saw that Njoku was out and I knew he was getting targeted from the slot, I didn't go run for Bryant, right? Because I wasn't thinking of a positional target. I was thinking of a... A locational target, a situational target. But the thing is, when you look at the slot use, check this out, Harrison Bryant, again, this is the past four games, he had 28 slot routes, three receptions for 26 yards on four targets. Now, that's not great, but he was right behind Njoku for slot routes. After that is... Donovan Peoples-Jones. So those would be the two runbacks that I have for the Browns. I want to make sure that I got to that before we get out of here. So that's my value. Again, I don't just throw this stuff up here. Audio-only listeners, you can jump over to YouTube or on Twitter at John Legaza or at Mayo Media Network to grab this image. You know, that way you could refer to it on your own. We have points, salary, cost per point, and the ownership. I don't have the IPO because, again, the contest is not out yet. Maybe it'll work to our advantage keeping people behind. We know what we, we, know what we want to pay. Right, if the top guys are in, Burrow is at $12 or below, I will get a smidge. If Mixon goes up above 10, I'm probably going to say no thanks. If Hunt is below 550, I'm in. If Chubbs is above 1250, you say no thanks. And then I kind of run from there. I got like Mike Thomas. I'm not going above like two or three bucks for because he still has to finish in the top eight to profit. But again, if you got a couple of big catches or if he lands in the end zone, he's easily going to do that. So for me, the values for me, it's, it's Mixon. It's Mike Thomas. These are those are Bengals, and then Donovan Peoples Jones and Harrison Bryant. But it's going to depend on the IPO. DK, they're both pretty cheap. Five K for Peoples, four K for Bryant. I'm seeing twenty three percent over Bryant. I think he's going to be triple that. I mean, what do I know? I don't do ownership projections on my own. I use quality sites like Run the Sims, but I just have a hard time believing that. So, bit of a mixed bag here, but I think. Have, as we talk through it, as we vocalize this, I think I know where I'm going to be putting my chips in the JM Streets. That's your penny stock section brought to you by Jock Market. We are now inside the 10. Goal to go. Let's give the ball to the bus and smash the rock in the end zone so I could do my little dance here. But first, let me just catch a quick breath because, man, I'm telling you, it's a little bit harder than it looks. Okay, let's get this money, honey. It's a week eight Monday Night Football prop brought to you by Jock Market. For the audio-only listeners, I won't keep you in suspense any longer. It's Joe Mixon over 63 and a half rush yards at the standard VIG. I did not go live. I'm waiting for alt props. Now, that's always the case. If you followed the show picks for the weekend, I think we did okay, the main show. But I crushed my Patreon picks. I'm not trying to be selfish about this because it's free. I'm not even taking your money. It's just... I have to post early. These are my leans. When the books start to put out alt props, that's where you want to go. We could learn a quick lesson why alt props greater than sign regular props. It's because of the odds. Very rarely does a player just clear the prop. They either clear it by a ton or don't clear it at all. Put yourself in a position to benefit. I'll give you a perfect example. We had A.J. Brown. So he's like over 80, 79 yards or whatever for minus 110. But we had plus 90 yards and it was plus 155. 
Like, think about the difference there. It's really a misprice, in my opinion. Of course, A.J. Brown had 7,400 yards. He cleared it easily. But the point, all kidding aside, was that. Get yourself involved with alt props, the next level up. Go Get away from the minus 110, where you need 60% wins. Get into the plus 150, where you need like a 42% win rate. And I feel like a 42% better. That's what I'm talking about. Again, listen, I'm not great at betting because I'm smarter than me. That's not what it is. It's just experience, and it's just understanding where to put the chips, how to place the chips, and put yourself in a situation where it's sustainable, right? We don't want to be attached to binary outcomes where we win or we lose. We want to get paid at the end of the day, right? So if you have two props at minus 110, you really got to hit them both to profit because if you hit one, you lose. If you have two props at plus 150 and you hit one, you got a sick profit, you know? And that's the difference. A 50% win rate is a loss, or a 50% win rate is a nice gain. That's a feather in a cap and a really quality betting lesson. If you agree, please, please, pretty please with sugar on top, press the like button. Can't believe I hear I am a grown fat man begging for a cartoon finger, but hey, it's 2022. I mean, at this point, absolutely nothing should shock us. Let's just cap this one really quick, but I think we laid it out. So, Mixon, 63 and a half yards. You know, a nice, a nice low bar, which again... Uh, I'm like, I'm all about that. Here I am, like, you know, knocking myself the king of low expectations. But, hey, Mixon went over it week one against Pittsburgh. He went over it at Baltimore and hasn't in the other ones, though. We've really seen limitations in the run game. I do think we'll get closer. I don't think we, I think the 25 carries were early on are gone. But I do think we'll get back to the 14 we saw against Buffalo, uh, Baltimore, I'm sorry, or 17 we saw against Atlanta and consider the weakness of the Browns' rush defense, right? I mentioned that we zoom in the last four weeks. It's just been really bad. Dead last in EPA per snap is the Browns' rush D. I believe they're dead last in attempts allowed, 35 and a half. I believe they're second worst in the league, 175 rush yards per game, almost five yards per rush at nine touchdowns on the ground in the last month. So I'm mixing again the pathway for everything. I think I wish I was a little bit better at math and I would do it for you. Right, okay, if it was the he's... If they're allowing close to five, I mean, that's, what, 13 rushes. I think we're going to get 16. Now, granted, Mixon not really a home run threat, but I feel I'm going back to the narrative that the spread is correct, if not on a little bit of the short end. I think the Bengals go ahead, get ahead, stay ahead, and I think Mixon is the key to it. I've also been digging some of these, like, draw runs and stuff that we're seeing. Again, the Bengals, the Browns are going to be on their heels because you know even without Chase, they're going to have an eye on Higgins, they're going to have an eye on Boyd. And I mean, the reasons why we're into Sneaky Mike Thomas is the same reason that I think we're going to get some Joe Mixon love. I just think he's going to get it early and off. They're going to, Bengals are going to look to do what I said. They're going to look to establish that run to draw in that extra man so they can go over the top. I think people have a miss... Uh, understanding of the Bengals, like they're going to come out and it's going to be some circus shootout. I don't think we're going to see that. I think they're going to look to establish first and then win off the back end because, again, the Browns' pasty is not bad. They have limited some very good quarterbacks. And boom, that will do it. So the play, Joe Mixon over 63 and a half rush yards. But follow me on Twitter, follow me on Patreon, all the same stuff. John Legaza, NFL moving averages um, for the, all the, the finished tickets and the CLV betting model. Again, another winning week there. We're starting to really roll. I mean, when you work this hard, it feels a, a lot less like luck. Not just a catchy catchphrase, and that will do it, yo. Thank you so much, seriously, for picking up what we're putting down here at Mayo Media Net. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The audio-only pod, the five-star review is the compliment, the tutti compliments, really. 
the it's the nicest thing you could do for me. It's the equivalent of like a a well thought out Christmas gift or like you know helping my wife out. Right, my wife dropped something and you went and picked it up for her. You know, like it's it's that nice. I can't even believe it. You think it's so dumb. Here I am preparing for hours and hours and hours, and then you know screaming like a computer for half an hour covering it in saliva and all that fun stuff. And all you got to do is take a second to press a card figure. All right, enough of that. Man, I hate asking for stuff. And really. It's terrible, but wouldn't it be terrible to lose the show because we didn't get enough fingers? Of course it would. So, listen, interact. I interact with you and ask for it right back. And to that point, get up in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter. I want to know what you want to know. I want to know if the show is missing anything, what you liked, what you didn't like, and if you're digging all the stuff that we are putting down. <laughs> Woo! Man, I'm going to need more than one breath after that one. Enjoy your Monday Night Football game. Bangles and Browns, give me the bangles. Give me Joe Mixon and give me Sneaky Mike Thomas, yeah, enjoy your game. Enjoy the day when we're done with the book. Enjoy that pay, everybody. I'll catch you on the flip side one more time. When you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, yo. Peace. 